I'm Ken Benson, President and CEO of SIFMA. I want to welcome you to another episode of the SIFMA Wealth Management Leadership Podcast Series, where we speak with industry leaders on different trends and approaches to enhancing the investor-client relationship. Today, we're joined by Joe Sweeney, President of Advice and Wealth Management Products and Service Delivery at Ameriprise Financial Incorporated, for an exciting discussion about the evolution of the advisor-client relationship. We'll look at how far we've come as an industry and what the future holds in terms of new trends and approaches to better serve the next generation of investors. Joe is an industry veteran with more than 38 years in the financial services industry. He currently leads more than 4,000 Ameriprise employees in six offices that span the globe and oversees brokerage, advisory, retail, retirement, and all third-party product provider relationships. Joe is also a former SIFMA chair and continues to serve on SIFMA's board of directors. Joe, it's great to have you here. You know as well as I do that the financial services industry is ever evolving as we work to adapt new technologies, appeal to a more diverse client base or attract new talent, all with the goal of finding better ways to serve clients and help them prepare financially for the future. Before we get to current trends, let's look at where we begin. Uh, you started your career in 1983. Uh, can you give us a snapshot of what the industry and the advisor-client relationship was like when you when you were just starting out and uh, what what was different and what's remained the same? Well, Ken, thank you. It's, it's, it's nice to be here with you today. <clears throat> and quite frankly, it's, it's shocking that um, it's been 38 baseball seasons uh, since I started working uh, at American Express. And, you know, the economy in 1983 was coming out of the 1980-82 recession, triggered by tight monetary policy to fight the mounting inflation. Clearly, we don't have tight monetary policy today, quite the opposite, but there are specters of inflation going on. Technology was also not being used uh, to the extent that it's uh, used today. I remember graduating from college, and indeed, I typed many of my college papers on an IBM electric typewriter. You may recall the one that had the backspace that automatically whited out your errors so that you could go forward. And PCs were just coming into the, uh, the workplace. In fact, uh, one of my first jobs was to program uh, the Tax Reform Act of 1986 on a PC. And one of the things was to also work with other people in the department. And many of them have never seen a PC before, let alone how Lotus 1, 2, 3 would work. Shows you how old I am. But then financial planning. Financial planning was literally sitting around the kitchen table and talking about insurance and investments. It was a sales type of role. And, and when I think back to 1983, and I think back to the summer of 2021, it's fascinating. You know, back in 83, just like in today's operating environment, there's a great deal going on in the world that presents challenges. But with every challenge, there's just an unbelievable opportunity. The equity markets now are relatively strong. You know, the economies are starting to reopen globally with some fits and starts, and there's shoots of green, and quite candidly, very exciting, some opportunities for growth. But the thing that I always come back to, the thing that was really sort of a defining moment for me when I started my career was technology. And the technological advances that are out there today that allow advisors the freedom to focus on the big picture thinking. It's taking away the humdrum, the, the technical operational aspects of financial planning and allowing advisors to focus on the human aspects of that relationship. And, and as, I, as I think about that, 
sitting at a kitchen table, selling an insurance policy, selling a mutual fund versus today where advisors are sitting down and having meaningful conversations. I was speaking to an advisor several years ago and he said something to me that, that resonated and I've, I've kept it in my mind. He said, a good financial advisor is an individual with the mind of a capitalist, but the heart of a socialist. And you think about that, there's merit to that because today's financial advisors, they're thinking about investments, taxes, retirement, estate planning, real estate transaction, workplace benefits, and life goals, and, and understanding the hopes and the dreams and the concerns and the worries of those clients. That didn't happen in 1983. And so when I think of my own company, it's been around for 127 years, and our company has remained true to its founding principles to deliver value while evolving and innovating. And along the way, we have invested hundreds of millions of dollars that enable are approximately 10,000 advisors to provide outstanding digitally enabled service to their clients to help them keep their lives that they've envisioned for themselves and their family. But it has not been replaced by technology. It has been enhanced by technology. So as you can see, Ken, over the past 30 year, 38 years, the industry has evolved and no doubt we're gonna to continue to evolve. And, and quite candidly, I think the best is yet to come. Yeah, that's a that's a really that, that's a that's a tremendous walk through history uh, in, in a short period. I I, I got to tell you, I mean, I I in my first job out of college and then I was still in graduate school that I, I I spent a lot of time typing memorandums on IBM Selectrics. I love the Selectric, but there were about five of us in a really small room on Capitol Hill that were doing it, and you felt like you were in the Hoover testing factory when everybody was <laughs> typing, and and you had one guy who who knew how to operate the Wang where you did your your you know your your form letters and everything else, but. But to your point on technology, I mean, it, it, you know, it, it's so important. How how would you say technology has has helped enhance the the client advisor experience? Well, we all know the, the pandemic has accelerated the use of technology among firms, advisors, and, and clients, and and more importantly, how people want to to work. One of the things that I, that stuck out in my mind was um, being in in at home and seeing the UPS truck coming almost virtually every single day, delivering what my wife, Kathy, had just ordered the night before. That was technology put into action on a real-time basis. And, and it's those innovative technologies that, quite frankly, are, are making it easier for clients to stay informed about their investments, their goals, and reshaping their relationship with their advisor. As, I, as, as you and I reflected about the uh, uh, the IBM uh, typewriter, you may also recall telexes. And, and I remember learning how to write telexes. And today people learn how to, you know, my kids are always teaching me how to, to text. <laughs> but you think about that, that high performing technology is essential. And it's going to continue to be essential to meet the client's needs and drive growth and efficiencies in an advisor's practice. You know, I'm very proud of my company using technology. We were able to pivot almost instantaneously in, in March of, of last year, because we have done all of our business continuity planning. We did our tabletop exercises. We participated obviously in, in Quantum Dawn and learned a lot of good things from the industry. And we've been spending on average about 500 million plus dollars a year on technology designed to enhance advisor capabilities and enable them to deliver 
the services that our clients expect, just like my wife who goes online and wants it the next day. And I think we've also learned about the importance of being able to, to work virtually. But let's be clear, Ken, and, and you and I experienced this earlier this year when we finally got to see each other and our fellow board members for the first time face-to-face. -face. Nothing will change the deep relationships, that good old-fashioned handshake that can be created when you're sitting across the table from a client, a colleague, or a friend and doing that in person. You know, I, I agree with you. And, you know, it's interesting. I've heard uh, from others in the industry, and I, 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 I've got to believe this is true with you, your Ameriprise colleagues, that the you know technology was has been great to get through this pandemic. And and but it, it it's when we get through this and we go back to the in person, it, that many firms are going to continue to leverage that technology to you know further enhance uh, the relationship. So, you know, uh, um, that it's going to be a value add uh, uh, over time. Um, oh, absolutely. Yeah. The um, but I, I do want to get to the handshake because it, 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 uh, uh, analogy, I mean, you know, really getting down to why should an investor work with a financial advisor instead of using one of the alternatives and 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 what are the benefits that for clients when they are working with an advisor? You know, it's, it's, it's interesting. I'm somewhat, well, it wasn't the sandwich generation. My, my, the last of my parents passed away earlier this year, but it was fascinating to sort of be the sandwich generation to see what my parents were experiencing. Um, they were children of the depression. They grew up that way. And then seeing what my kids are experiencing uh, now. And I think those changing demographics are, are going to play a big role in how advisors engage with their clients now and in the future. And more importantly, what type of advice they're able to offer in key life stages. As we've seen, there's been a race to the bottom on fee compression. And we saw that with robo-advisors. I think, however, one of the things that won't change will be the value of advice from a human advisor that can't be replaced. And we're humans. And I think we always are gonna want to have that, that interaction. And, and quite frankly, clients do want someone who understands uh, their goals and their needs. And I think investors do benefit greatly from access to advice that is built around their individual needs and goals. Here's a very interesting data point, Ken. There's industry studies that estimate that professional financial advice can add anywhere from one and a half to 4% to portfolio returns over the long term that would enable an investor to better meet their goals. But here's what's really fascinating that most of this increase will come during periods of heightened volatility in the markets when advisors step in and help their clients stay the course and keep their long-term objectives in sight. Let me share a story. Go back to 2008, 2009, uh, during the financial crisis. I got a phone call uh, in my office from my son, Daniel. And because the markets were tanking, he was convinced that he should be selling. After all, everyone else was. I urged him to stay the course, but as, as you know, um, the great things about having kids, they're smarter than you, notwithstanding the life experiences, and he was determined to sell. So I tried a different approach. I, I knew my son liked sneakers. So I asked him that if he found his favorite sneaks at half price, would he purchase more than one pair? And being the sharp individual that he was, he said he would. So I asked him that just because his well-researched mutual fund was down, 
why wouldn't he be willing to purchase more of that fund at a lower price? Now, if he was working with an alternative or a robo, there would be no one having the conversation with him that would say, no, no, no arm would come out of the computer and go on his shoulder and say, it's okay, Dan, don't panic. And so even in some of the markest, darkest days of the, uh, of the markets, you, you will be wanting to overreact because that's the herd mentality, but that's when you shouldn't overreact. And you need someone to guide you and, 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 and make certain that you see that there is light at the end of the tunnel, that things do tend to work out. And so needless to say, uh, my son didn't take my advice, although he did go out and buy another pair of sneakers when he saw <laughs> them on sale. And he did ride out, but he didn't sell. <laughs> <laughs> that, that's, that, that's a great story, but really enlightening advice. Um, so let me ask you this. What, what, what is unique to Ameriprise that helps build these long-term relationships? And, and why are they so important? You know, although we've been a public company for the last 16 years, uh, Ameriprise and its predecessor companies have been around for 127 years. And, and during the dark days of the Depression, our company had a reputation of never being a day late or a penny short. And that phrase became very real during the 2008 financial crisis. You may recall the reserve primary fund broke the buck and our clients used that retail money market fund to make everyday purchases. But to ensure our clients were protected, we used $750 million of our own capital to backstop the working capital needs of our clients during that period of time. We also reimbursed our clients the three cents on the dollar when the reserve fund was only going to pay 97 cents back on the dollar. So Ameriprise will never be a day late or a penny short. You know, over the next 25 years, a significant amount of money is going to be in motion. It's estimated that nearly $70 trillion will be transferred from aging households to their heirs and charities during that time frame. And engaging with clients and their beneficiaries not only pays dividends to firms potentially looking to strengthen their asset retention, but it also enhances clients' overall satisfaction now, but not always. And let me tell you a, a story. As you know, uh, earlier this year, my father passed away, and clearly I was saddened by my dad's passing. But my sadness turned to disappointment and frustration by the multiple and confusing letters uh, and forms that I had to complete and the seemingly chaos that was coming from several of my father's uh, financial services providers, including a local bank that my parents had worked with for over 40 years. And the lack of empathy and the amount of bureaucracy that my sisters and I felt, quite frankly, neg negatively impacted some of these brands but more importantly, I think put a little ding in our industry. And at times I actually felt like I had to defend the industry and how the estate process was, was working. But without the calming hand of my father's financial advisor, I think quite frankly, Ken, it would have been even more difficult to navigate. I'm glad that over the past few years, my firm actually uh, took the lead and uh, got aggressive in focusing on the estate settlement process. And now having gone through that process in my dad's estate, and I might add still going through, um, I'm happy that we've committed to make the estate process uh, easier for our clients and we will continue to do so. A dedicated high touch support model can make all the difference in supporting people during quite frankly, a very difficult and emotional time. But when I think about our industry 
I'm optimistic because our industry is so integral to many parts of our clients' lives that when we go through these experiences, like losing a loved one or having another catastrophic event happen in one's life, we take a step back and say, what can we do to improve and make a more meaningful difference in our clients' lives? Yeah, I, you know, I, I, I couldn't agree more having uh, been through that with my parents' estate. And uh, uh, fortunately, they had, uh, they had planned very well and, and had a good, uh, good advice in that. And it, you're right, it, it's a complicated period, no matter, you know, how much you, 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 you as, a, as, as, as a child plan for it and, and know what's going to come, it's still extremely complicated. And so uh, that, that type of advice is, is, is just, you almost can't say enough about it um, is, and, and as, is so necessary. Um, you know, as you bring in new advisors and clients, uh, what are some of the trends you're noticing and, and, and what would you say to the younger and newer investors to encourage them to, to work with an advisor? Let me begin with some trends. You know, it gets back to the beginning part of our conversation. Obviously, the world is driven by technology today. And one of the interesting things about being driven by technology, we're now awash in data. We have to fit, take all that data, though, and translate it into useful information. How we relate to one another has changed. You know, past 18 months, uh, 500 plus days, we spoke to people through a flat screen. That's, that to me was, was shocking when you consider how up to that point we used to be able to communicate. People are texting, people are using video. Whatever happened to, I mean, to that, that person to person communication, even though the heartfelt cursive letter has gone by the wayside. We're, as a result of this, I think we're living in a very disrupted landscape, but I think advisors have a golden opportunity to evolve their role in providing not only financial advice, but even almost life guidance at the same time. And advisors must have conversations and they got to be able to listen and they got to seek to understand. My wife, Kathy, and I uh, celebrated our 35th wedding anniversary this year and, and we met in college uh, 40 years ago. And we would have conversations in the coffee shop and we called them heavy, deep and real or HDRs, where there was no topic that we wouldn't talk about at a level of granularity. Financial advisors need to do that with their clients today. And quite candidly, there's never been a better time for financial advice for investors of all ages and, and income levels and backgrounds. Um, as, as we've over the years have talked about our kids, Kathy and I have three kids ranging from 21 to 31. All three of them are now working with an advisor. They're learning about budgeting, cash flow, investments. They're actually also learning, although they find it hard to believe, squirreling away money for retirement. They relied on us during high school when, for advice and counsel, but now they need to work with their advisor to navigate through life's never-ending changes and, and invest those hard-earned savings uh, to reach their long-term goals. And they also need to be prepared for the curveballs that life has a tendency to throw our way as we have experienced uh, quite poignantly over the past you know, 18 to 20 months, just as my wife and, and Kathy and I have done over the course of our marriage. And then for new advisors, can I have these suggestions? Best interest is key. Always act in your client's best interest. Get a professional accreditation. It, it, this is your craft. Make it your craft and separate yourself from others along the way. Develop capabilities that enable outreach, consultation, and a sales approach that is done in a compliant way. That is absolutely critical. And be flexible so that you can meet the evolving needs of 
current and future generations. As you and I have managed to do and others embrace technology. You know, technology is gonna continue to influence our lives. The cloud and artificial intelligence, it's here today and we should embrace it and use it. And finally, I'd say this, the pandemic has had a lasting impact on the world and the client advisor relationship and indeed all relationships. I don't know about you, but you know, when I've taken some long walks with our dog, Bella, I've had moments of introspection. Um, I know several of my colleagues and several of our advisors, they've stopped to think about what's really mattering to them and impacting the way that they want to spend their time. They want work-life balance. They want more time with their families and the people who matter. And they truly want and expect to work with an advisor who understands their goals. But the other thing is this, and this is much different the 1983 and an insurance policy and a mutual fund. Clients today and advisors need to be prepared to offer investments to align with their values. We're seeing money flow into ESG and sustainable investment products. And I suspect that's gonna continue and if not even ramp up even more. And finally, clients and advisors need to understand that clients wanna be well-served by advisors and their teams. And it'll be important for the advisor of today and tomorrow to create those cross-generational service teams with a diverse perspective that re reflects the fabric of our country, as well as the backgrounds, so that they can properly serve the next generation of clients, as well as the generations to come. You know, Joe. Every time I every time I have a conversation with you, I learn something new and 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 something insightful, and 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 that's true today. And I want to thank you so much for spending time with us to to give us your views over over your your long history uh, in in, the, in an industry that's evolved so much, but also what you and your colleagues are, are doing at Ameriprise. Um, so thank you so much for that. Um, Ken, it's always a joy, and it's always an honor to have a conversation with you, and I mean that, my friend. Great. Thank you. And, and for more information on the advisor-client relationship, uh, please visit uh, www.sifma.org. And thank you all for joining us today.